Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. HIMS.com slash J-O-Y. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds with Wes Moore and Joe Franklin on 1037 The Buzz. I don't think anybody ever feels like you're going to just, you know, have a career night. I mean, my work doesn't change. I'm still, you know, always in the gym. I'm still going hard in practice. I'm still confident. I can go 0 for 20 and I'm still the same. I still feel confident. I don't really, that don't really phase me. And I just had a career night and we won. So it feels good. It's time for your Razor Hog update on Out of Bounds. Brought to you by Floyd's Seafood, Keel Avenue in Sherwood. It's crawfish season. Floyd's Seafood has live and cooked crawfish. Order yours today. Caleb Battle and the Razorbacks back in action tonight, taking on Vanderbilt. Battle had 42 in the last game. Joe, over under on the number of points that Battle has tonight. You know, sometimes the shooter gets 42. It's tough the next game. You always see it. You know, it goes from 42 to like 10. Over or under on the number of points battle scores tonight? 18. Okay. I was going to say 14 is my line. So you think he, he's going to have another good game? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I hope so. He's, he's found something. But we said the same thing about Tremont Mark at one point. And, and not that there's been a major drop-off or anything, but it's just that... After one game, after we see that these guys are capable and what the potential is, now you're thinking this is what lines up and they can go do that in in every game. 7.30 will be the pregame show right here on the bus. The Guatney Chevrolet, Guatney Buick GMC postgame will start probably around 10.45 tonight. Going out to walk-ons. Watch the game at walk-ons tonight, and then Josh and I will be there for the postgame show. Hopefully we'll be done by midnight tonight. That's the goal. (laughs) How many times have you gone over midnight when it's been an 8 o'clock start? A couple times. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. There was that one game, the A&M game, that started at 8, went 2 hours and 45 minutes. So that's 10.45, the, guy, the game was finally over. They go, the IMG postgame shows like 15 minutes, or 30, 35 minutes. So let's say 11, like 15, 11, yeah, and then you have their closing billboards. It's like 6 minutes long. Um yeah, it was it was well after midnight. It was like twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. Um, that was the snow night. Where walk on shut down early, and so we did the show actually from here. And we're like, thank goodness, because they've been ready to kick us out at twelve fifteen. You know, they shut the doors at eleven, but then they're cleaning up and stuff. So there's always people still there. Yeah, while you we're, wouldn't have been bothering anyone at twelve fifteen. An nah. hour fifteen. No, because nah, like, they're they're still like you said, they're still trying to clean up and get out. They don't just shut the doors at 12 and they're like, all right, everybody can leave. They still have to finish their shift. I think they'd been ready to go at 12.15, turn the <laughs> lights off. But anyway, we were ready to turn the lights off here. I, I'll tell you that after me. And, and poor Josh. At least I can go home and sleep until 6.30, 7 o'clock. Josh has got to get up for the morning show. He doesn't need much sleep. He said that before. Not that he doesn't need much sleep, but he's not somebody that can go take a nap in the daytime, which... I don't understand, like, why you couldn't when you have to get up so early. Yeah. You couldn't just go lay down for a couple hours after that? Joe, I did the morning show in Shreveport uh, for about 15 months, and it was miserable. That's where I met my wife, Allison, and, you know, we're getting up early, early. So you both were doing the same show? That's where we met. That's where we met. She was hired as my producer. And uh, we would get up, I think, around 3 o'clock in the morning, get to work, 4, and get off right around noon. And I loved it because then I could go work out. I could go play golf. The thing is, you get so tired and you want to take a nap. Well, you take a nap and then you wake up and you're refreshed and you can't go back to sleep. And next thing you know, it's 12 o'clock and you got to get up in like three hours. And you basically were taking like two naps a day. And all of a sudden... 
a week seems like two weeks because you're always waking up. You know, think about if you're waking up from a nap after two or three hours and you're groggy and you're going through the motions and then you get going, then you take, it it was just, it was miserable. And so we would get to the point where we'd just fight through it in the afternoon and then try to go to bed like at six o'clock and wake up at 2 a.m., get a normal eight hours of sleep. Yeah, that's, going to sleep at six o'clock? It was hard. Yeah, well, Allison was on that schedule for years. Mm -hmm. But then she couldn't do it because we had kids. You know, and and you got kids. You can't go to. You can't go. All right, I'm going to bed at six o'clock. Y'all do whatever you well, want to do. Well, just that she was still getting up at that same time. She was still doing t- taking naps, two naps a day. I don't know how she did it for all those. That's years. the only way you can survive it is yep. by taking naps. naps. Yep. Uh, baseball lineup is out, and I think we got Coach Z coming on right now. Let me give you the starting lineup for the Diamond Hogs. Edmondson is leading off and batting and uh, batting lead off, playing center field. So Wilsmeyer is not in the lineup. So a new center fielder today. Diggs is in right field, batting second. McLaughlin at first base, batting third. Sprague Lott at third, hitting cleanup. White is your DH. Polk is catching. I think, is this the first time Polk has caught a game this year? Aloy at shortstop, batting seventh. Jones out in left field, batting eighth. And then Peyton Holt is playing second base and batting ninth. So a couple, I guess, two new faces in there with Edmondson, although he did play Sunday, uh, and Polk at catcher. We'll have more on the baseball team coming up at the bottom of the hour when um, we'll have D1 Baseball's Aaron Fitt joining us. Right now, though, we're going to talk with Coach Z. Got a game tonight, and I know he's excited about that game with the Razorbacks. You're thinking, okay, here we go again. Two seconds, one second, the Hornsdale, Arkansas wins! The Razorbacks have won it! This year's team is built different. They're built more above the rim. Coach Matt Zimmerman on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Telco Federal Credit Union. Providing loans since 1950 for your dream home, duck cabin, home remodel, or vehicle. Apply online at telco.com. Game day. Bring him in, Coach Z. Eight o'clock start tonight. How you feeling? Oh, I feel pretty good. You know, if I was coaching, I'd be a little worried. You know, that's just uh, natural when you're out there coaching, and you always worry about A, B, C, D, and E. But from where I sit, I don't worry as much anymore. And, uh, <laughs> we we should be in good shape. Got to show up. Got to play. Got to get after these guys, or you lose the game. But uh, Arkansas is much more talented. Playing at Bud Walton Arena, playing much better, playing more confident. Uh, should be a win. Vandy's not really gotten close to winning an SEC road game yet. Bud Walton's a, throughout time's been a historically tough place to play. And, you know, we've been good with Vandy over all these years of playing. I think we're 39 and 14 against Vandy, but and we've won 10 of the last 13 against Vandy, but they have won the last two, and both times it was an upset. They came to Bud Walton with Scotty Pippen Jr., had no business winning, and they found a way to beat us. And then last year was the game where we were up about 14, and Anthony Black was killing them. But then he remember he started crying at him. He acted like they were crying, and they, he ignited that whole building. <laughs> and they came back and beat us. I never seen so many people mad at one player as they were at AB, and then they they put it on us in the second half. But uh, we've had good success with Bandy. We need a lot, we need to to beat these guys tonight. Keep the train heading on the right track. Coach, the the game plan for this matchup, is it just as simple as you just continue to do what you've been doing, what's been working over the last few games, or is there something that needs to be added? No, you definitely want to you know keep getting better because uh, even uh, even the Missouri game, which I thought going into that game, the Hogs would put it on Missouri pretty good. Now, that's a two-point game. It was a little bit, a little bit closer. It was 36-34 at half. Now we put it on them pretty good in the in the second half, but our biggest lead in that game was 15. Um, so there's definitely stuff to work on. Um, I, I still think we need to play more tempo, play a little faster, get more fast breaks, push the ball up. And uh, we, we shot the ball better the other day, mainly because of battle. You know, we we hadn't made 10 three-pointers in forever. And we went 10 of 25, and he made six of those. And, and that was fun. And so you just want to keep building on that, keep that hot shooting going, because we're going to need that hot shooting on Saturday when we hit the Rupp Arena. But uh, – and it'll be interesting, guys, with integrating back three good players that have not been playing. And now Trevin played four minutes the other day. He'll play four minutes in this ball game. And then I expect Graham is going to play. So we've had this pretty good, successful eight-man rotation. 
And now you add those two. Menafield, I think, will be back uh, here real soon. And so that adds another pretty good player. Coach has to get back to kind of managing that. You you might be thinking, well, just leave it. We're playing well. And I think that's the eight he's going to go with early on. But Jalen Graham's too good of a player. He's already our best offensive inside guy. You got to get him out there. We're going to need him down the down the road the rest of this season. So I expect him to play. So he's got to be moved in, and you know they're going to come off the bench. The, the guys that have been out, but uh, they they need to get back in the flow and, and start and help this team. Besides Caleb Battle going off for forty two points, what was the best thing you saw as a coach from the game Saturday? Um, I just like the energy that they played with, uh, even little things. And this kind of started at Mississippi State, just the more cheering for each other, um, a little bit more encouraging to each other, coaches encouraging more, um, just a little more positive feel all three of the last games and just more more energy overall, and, and those guys fed off each other. A second thing was uh, rebounding. We, we out-rebounded them by six. We've not been a good rebounding team, and, and we're rebounding the basketball better. Mainly it's because Makai's in there a whole lot more now, and he's a good rebounder. And uh, thirdly, just the Battle is a really talented player. And, you know, only coach knows all the reasons for all the stuff that where he wasn't playing or not playing as much and whatnot. And then when he did get some opportunities to play, he did not play as well. But I don't think we're going to have to worry about seeing him out there anymore. I think coach has seen it with his own eyes now. You got to let this guy play. You know, in basketball, you got to be able to score wins. You know that. And uh, Makai can score it. Tremont can score it. Jalen Graham can score it. Caleb Battle can score it. Those guys got to play. Now you still need the Devos of the world that might get you four. They might get you ten. Or every once in a while, they might get you sixteen. But they're not. They're not consistent scores like those other four guys are. And you got to let those guys play. And uh, I think those were the biggest things I took from beating Missouri. What was it about that game where what, – what did you see from Califf where he was really feeling it and what he was doing well to to have the type of game that he had, scoring 42 points? I think for Califf it was, Joe, is that now through three games he's got to play a lot. And now he knows, okay, if I miss my first two shots or if I get beat off the dribble or if I foul early, I'm not coming to sit and then I might not play again. I think he knows now, hey, coach is sticking with me. I'm getting to play a lot. And it kind of opened things up for him to be more carefree. What I thought was big for him, he played well in Mississippi State, and he played well at A&M. He scores 15 and 18 in those games. Guys, he shot free throws well like he always does, but he but he didn't make that many threes. And he's a, he's a very, very good shooter. And I watch him in practice. I watch him pregame. I watch him after practice. He, he lights it up. He can flat-out shoot. It's a beautiful shot, beautiful rotation, beautiful rhythm, a repeatable shot. And he had not shot it well. And he not shot it well since, like, December. And so you just kept thinking, Coach just keeps leaving him in there, leave him in there. He scored 15. He scored 18. He's going to have a game. And then, sure enough, boom, he goes, he goes six for 10 from the three. That's outstanding. No offense to Missouri. You know, I think Missouri's got – Two like legit SEC players that could help some teams in our league, Sean East and Tamar Bates, and then they just got a bunch of role guys, and then they, they just didn't have anybody that really that could defend him and guard him, and and he lit them up. He took advantage of that. You're talking about 11 for 15, 14 of 14 at the line, six of 10. That that's that's some pretty impressive stats against, and and Missouri is still an SEC team, not a very good one, but still an SEC team. Matt Zimmerman with us, thanks to Telco Federal Credit Union. Coach, what about Vanderbilt? How many players do they have that are legitimate SEC players that could help other teams? I love it when you ask me questions like that, and I'm going to tell you three. And uh, that's nothing an insult to them. They're 2-12. and 12. You know, uh, I, I like Jerry Stackhouse. You know what's sad for them? Two years ago, I thought they should have been in the tournament. That's when they beat us in Bud Walton Arena. Mm-hmm. And um, Scotty Pippen Jr. led that team. He was one of the best players in our, in our league. I thought they deserved to get in. They didn't get in. And then you fast forward to last year, they beat Kentucky twice, they beat Arkansas, they beat Tennessee, they had some really big wins. I think they beat Alabama. They had some big wins. And they were a bubble team at the end and didn't get in. And that's what's hard about coaching. If they would have got one of those two teams in, he's probably a little safe. I don't know what they're going to do with him. You know, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. And I've got a good friend of mine on their staff 
But if he makes one of those two tournaments, he's probably pretty safe. But he don't make it both years, and now you're two and twelve. Um, it's tough times at Bandy. The three guys they got that are legit SEC players are Ezra Manjon, and uh, Ezra's number five. We've played against him the last couple years. He averages fourteen. He's a small guard, but he's quick and he knows how to play. Um, he really is a playmaker for him. And then their other guard has been there for four years and done a good job for him. Tyron Lawrence, he had a great game against us last year in Nashville when they beat us. He wears number zero. And then their third SEC guy is uh, Van Allen Lubitz, who was hurt quite a this, this year early on. He's been slow getting going, but he averages 11 and 6, and uh, he'll be wearing number two. So zero, two, and five are their, are their best players. And to me, those guys could help a lot of people in the SEC. The rest of their team is kind of some role guys. Coach, Trevin Brazil trying to work back into the lineup. We saw him play just four minutes in this last game, coming back from that major injury, and we know he's been in and out of the lineup this year. Uh, what, what do you see from Trevin Brazil as he continues to try to get better and move forward and get back on the court for extended time? Well, I like the fact that he came back. You know, there was people saying he's not going to play no more, he's not going to do this or that. Well, that's not anything I saw. I saw a guy trying to rehab, trying to get himself back to where he can play. Um, you know, he missed, he missed all these games, and, and, and that's no fun. You know, you, you need him out there. Um, and he, he has missed seven basketball games this year. Um, he just needs to, to get playing better. You know, I, I didn't think going in this year that Trevin Brazil would be averaging eight points in, uh, and six rebounds is not bad. He's blocked some shots and he's done some stuff. But, you know, you thought he was going to be a little bit bigger of a score. And, and in SEC games, it's, it's, it's way lower than that. You know, he's averaging like, uh, like five and five or six and five, something like that. So uh, he, he was not playing great when he got hurt in Oxford, and then he was out for a while. So he needs to come back strong. He can help this team. He's super athletic. He comes back with the right mindset and accept whatever this role is. We were just talking about it. Paul's got an eight-man rotation. Coach seems to like that. He's got to accept whatever role it is. And as good a talent as he is, eventually he'll start burning more and more time. The other day he got four minutes. They didn't really do anything in four minutes. You'll see more traveling Brazil tonight against Bandy. Matt Zimmerman with this coach. Is it the same game plan for Arkansas? You got to attack the basket. Does Bandy yeah. have enough size to stop that? Yeah, no, not really. Um, they're not. They're like Missouri. Missouri is not a shot blocking team. Texas A&M was not a shot blocking team. Uh, Vanderbilt is not a shot blocking team. Um, but now they, they they've got a couple guys that are that are. Will go at it, but they're they're not super long. They're not super athletic, and they, they're a little bit of foul prone. Band these guys inside, so I think that you know Arkansas is going to look to be in the attack, and we're so much better when we're driving it, and then we can kick it out, and and we can hit a three off of a kick out um, when, when we're just kind of playing a little slower and working it across the top, and the shot clock starts winding down, and we got we got to heave up a three pointer. We're like most teams. We don't shoot it as well. We're, we're not as consistent shooting. So I do think this team needs to attack. You know, Vanderbilt this year is, uh, is you know, they only score 66 a game. That's pretty low scoring. They're, they're one of the lowest assist teams in the country. They don't even average 10 assists. They average nine assists a game, which, guys, that's four, four or five assists a half. Now, that's not going to get it done. So I think Arkansas offensively is really going to take it at these guys. Vandy uh, does not rebound well. And uh, they don't they don't have shot blockers. Andy's uh, played 27 games, and then you know he blocked 70 something shots. They're just not a big block, shot blocking team. You got to be aggressive at them. Coach, is Vandy a man to man team or a zone? Little both? What do they do? Well, yeah, they'll do a little bit of both. I think they'll probably be like most college coaches. I think Vandy will come out in man to man. I was watching it, looking through some of a couple games. I DVR'd of them when they played the same time as us, and they they played mostly man. But he has, since he's been in the SEC, he's played a little bit of zone, usually a 2-3 zone. I think it was uh, earlier in the season that he showed, he showed a little bit of a 1-3-1 one, one zone. He's not really stuck with that a lot. Every once in a while, he'll throw a little 2-2-1 two, two, press on you. Um, so they don't have a lot of depth. Depth is a definite problem for Vandy. So coming into Blood Wall, you're probably not going to be pressing and trapping too much. I think he's just going to get back and try to guard it man-to-man and, and see if he can get some stops. You know, Stackhouse runs some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have he doesn't have great talent right now. Again, we talked about maybe the three SEC guys. You know, you remember Liam Robbins, the big guy yep. last year? He was he was really good. They had Jordan Wright, who starts one of the better players at LSU. They had Miles Studi. 
who starts and plays at South Carolina. He's had some guys there, and he's ran some pretty good stuff. When they beat us here two years ago, he ran four or five plays down the stretch that were really, really good plays. And Pippen Jr. could execute it, Jordan Wright, Miles Studi, and they beat us. But he just doesn't have quite as good a player as he's had the last two years. If there is something that Vandy can do that presents problems for Arkansas, what would that be? Well, they got two good guards. So anytime, you know, like, like Greensboro came in here and beat us with two those twin brothers that were really good guards. And these guards are, are both capable. Uh, uh, Ezra is, is crafty. and He's a guy you have to really, you know, account for, keep him out of the paint, make him take test shots because he's little. And But if, if Ezra and Tyron Lawrence both could get hot for them, then, then they could pose a problem. It's like Missouri really only had two guys that could really do a lot. And at Missouri, it was Bates that hurt us. Had like 29 points, but East didn't play well. And then they come here, East plays his tail off, has 33, and Bates did not play well. And so the only chance Vandy has is, is both of those guys have just, just great games. And then we would have to, uh, we'd have to shoot kind of a low percentage, I think. To, for, for Vandy to be able to hang in there. Now you got to show up, you got to play, you got to have energy, and you know these guys got to play hard. But uh, th- this is a Vandy team that has really struggled on the road. Coach, thanks for your time. Have a great call tonight. All right, guys, we'll be listening. All right, thanks for having me. Take care. Matt Zimmerman, thanks to Telco Federal Credit Union. Every Wednesday, wait Tuesday. Every Tuesday at 2. Wish we could get ahead. (laughs) Every Tuesday and Wednesday. (laughs) Better to be behind than ahead on the week. Coming up next, Aaron Fitt will join us from D1 Baseball. He was down in Arlington. We'll get his thoughts on the Diamond Hogs. Stick around. It's out of bounds. Hey basketball fans, the last few games of the season, the Trojans are giving away $2,000 per game and all you have to do is be there to have a shot at winning. Plus, when you buy your tickets online or at the door, just use the word buzz and get your ticket for just $5. It's all to help Little Rock Trojan basketball. Hope to see you at the Jack. Sports Center. It'll be a busy day up on the hill for Arkansas sports. Arkansas baseball returns to action as they host Grambling today for one game. First pitch is set for three. Coverage for that game can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. Arkansas basketball also gets back to action as they host Vanderbilt in Fayetteville. Arkansas will be going for their first three-game win streak in conference play this year. Tip is set for eight. Coverage will start on the buzz at 7.30. Stay tuned after the game for the Guatney Buick GMC Guatney Chevrolet postgame show. And elsewhere in the SEC, Mississippi State is hosting 16th-ranked Kentucky at 6 on ESPN, and LSU is hosting Georgia at 6 on the SEC Network. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center in Benton proudly offers compassionate and loving care to our veterans, meeting the unique needs of every veteran who calls Heartland home. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. Honda ATVs have a rock-solid reputation. Right now, upgrade your adventure with incredible deals on Honda accessories. For a limited time, buy select new Honda ATVs and get up to $300 in free accessories, helping you have more fun on the trails. Head over to Richard's Honda at 6600 South University in Little Rock and save big on accessories today. Honda accessory rebate offer is valid the purchase of a new and unregistered 2024 and prior ATV models. Check with participating Honda Honda dealers for complete details. Well, we are starting to make that move into warmer weather, and it's about time for you to get out and move again. Hey, everybody, it's RJ Hawk here for QC Kinetics. Do you have joint pain? Is your back hurting? Are your knees hurting? What about those shoulders? I know baseball and softball season are starting to kick up, and you want to be able to throw the ball with your kid, but that pain is bothering you right now. You need to get over and see my friends over at QC Kinetics for a free consultation. They are the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, and what I'm talking about is you can get lasting joint pain relief with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Pro athletes have been doing this for decades, but now this life-changing treatment is available for you. No pain pills, no risky surgery. This is an all-natural solution. Oh, and by the way, it's a great use of your tax refund check. Call QC Connects for a free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 
Tap Time with Bryce Nall and Scott Parton, presented by New Province Brewing, returns this Thursday at 7. Tap Time is Little Rock's premier radio show for beer lovers by beer lovers. Tap Time Thursday from 7 till 8 on 103.7 The Buzz. Live from the Edwards Food Giant Studios. Hey, Razorback fans, it's Quinn Grovey. Check out the new location of Bell & Sword in Conway. Suits, shirts, vests, also polos with Arkansas logo gear from Johnny O and Peter Millar. A store within a store with Arkansas-made Martin Demon shoes and leather goods. Fantastic service with a tailor-owned staff to fit you perfectly. Go to the new location, Bell & Sword, 1011 Oak Street, Conway, or on Facebook and Instagram. Some people aren't easily inspired. They require a little more craftsmanship, more elegance, more excitement. Some people are inspired and see the future before it's here. They see the GV70 for its selection as a car and driver 10 best. GV80 for its soft quilted leather, reclining and heated second row seats, and for its IIHS top safety rating. What inspires you? The all-new Genesis of Conway. The future of luxury today. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Out of bounds, Westmore, Joe Franklin. Getting set for first pitch. Diamond Hawks taking on Grambling here in about 30 minutes. Baumwalker Stadium. Van Horn's looking for some hitters. He said after the last game against Michigan, about half the positions were up for grabs. He wants to see who takes advantage of that opportunity over the next 12 games at home. Let's bring in Aaron Fitt, D1 Baseball. He's been watching the Razorbacks. Aaron, welcome in to Out of Bounds. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you, my friend? Fantastic. Hey, look, we got Razorback baseball this afternoon. Then we get Razorback basketball tonight. Uh, Grambling for baseball. Vanderbilt for basketball. So it should, and I emphasize should, be a good day for the Razorback fans and make for a fun show tomorrow. Yeah, I would think so. A lot going on up there. Hagen Smith, got to start with him, right? I mean, uh, all conversations with Razorback baseball this week starts with Hagen Smith. Uh what did you think of that performance? Yeah, it was as good of, as a, of a performance as I've ever seen, you know, in person, certainly. Um, you know, it, it's incredible. I mean, I think back to, I saw Steven Strasburg at his peak in college, and I always thought he would be the best college player I'd ever see. Um, and what we saw, you know, the other night was, was, was pretty similar to, to Strasburg at his best. And Strasburg had a 23-strikeout no-hitter, you know. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, we had Kamar Rocker a, a couple of years ago in a Super Regional throw, a no-hitter strikeout 19. There have been some great performances, but what, what Hagen Smith did against an elite Oregon State lineup, um, you know, seven, what, face, what did, he, what did he strike out? 17 guys have 18 outs recorded? I mean, yep. it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy against a team like that. And, uh, you know, I thought that the uh, the command of the spider was special, you know, and, and it's one of those things is like Carlos Rodon at his peak when he was at NC State, where, you, you know, his fastball was, was plenty good, it's 95-97 Rodon, um, but you knew the slider was the out pitch, you knew it was coming, and you still couldn't hit it, and that was Hagen Smith. I mean, it was, it was 97-99 early in the game, the fastball had plenty of juice, he could command it, but uh, he didn't even need it, because the slider was that good, you know, and against righties and lefties, it was just a... Uh, an unbelievable display, and and to only throw seventy eight pitches in six innings while striking out seventeen guys, it's unheard of. Uh, it's just un- unbelievable. What stood out to you about Arkansas that was most impressive? Well, I, mean, I think they have the best pitching staff in the country from top to bottom, and um, you know I thought that heading into the year. That's why I picked the Hogs to win it all in the preseason. Uh, and and after what I saw this weekend, I certainly feel good about that part of it. You know, the the rotation is right there with Wake Forest the best rotation in the country. Um, you, can, you can take your pick there. Wake Forest has three preseason All-Americans in their rotation, but when it's all said and done, I mean, you know, the Hogs might have three at the end of the year with, with Hagan and, and Brady Tiger and, and Mason Molina. Um, and, uh, you know, all three of those guys were awesome this weekend. Tiger, to me, looked like a true four-pitch 
you know, pro ball starter. I mean, not just a college starter. That's how you that's how you draw it up. I mean, it's four real pitches, and the same with with Molina. I mean, it's a uh, you know not as much velocity as those other two guys, obviously, but the fastball plays eighty eight to ninety two, and um, really really good feel for the slider, the curveball, changeup. And those are three legit legit starters, and they've got insane depth in their bullpen, insane arm strength. Variety, different looks. I mean, having Cody Frank back is a really nice piece. Uh, that lower slot kind of uh, elite thinker guy with a crazy good slider and a changeup. I mean, you know, that, that's another piece they throw back in the mix. A veteran guy with experience is kind of along with Will McIntyre, just these security blanket older pieces uh, that they can use. While the younger younger arms, the less less proven arms like Jake Faraday, who have this electric stuff, while those guys grow up, you've got these older guys that they can lean on. So I just I love the combination. As dominant as Hagen Smith was talking about a close win against Oregon State, how good is Oregon State? Their only loss on the season is to Arkansas in that game. Yeah, you know, I think it might be the, the best offensive team in the country. And, you know, maybe it's not the, the kind of power that you'll see from some of the top SEC, ACC offenses, but they do have real power. I mean, certainly you saw it with, with Travis Pizano this weekend and Mason Guerra and some other guys, but, uh, but it's just so complete from top to bottom and, and even beyond the top nine. They bring in guys off the bench who are really good. You know, their top 14 guys are, are really, really good. And, and it's athletic and it's balanced. It's left and right. It's just a ton of quality at-bats. There's plenty of extra base power. There's plenty of speed. They, they do a lot of different things. It could beat you a lot of different ways. And so, again, that just makes it more impressive that Hagan Smith shut him down the way he did. And then, of course, as soon as he came out of the game, the Beavers got four runs, you know, pretty quickly and tied that thing up. So uh, it, was, it was a heck of a ball game. Aaron Fitt is with us with D1 Baseball. I've said uh, for a while that Brady Tiger could be a, an ace, a Friday night starter for most teams, and Arkansas's got him on a Saturday. And then you look at Mason Molina. He was a Friday night starter for Texas Tech last night. Does Arkansas legitimately have three aces? I think so, yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah, the only thing with, we wanted to see with Tiger was he just needed to stay healthy. That's all it's ever been uh, is staying on the field because we've, we've always seen this stuff. And it's just a little bit of a different animal to be, you know, a bullpen guy versus being a being a, a ninety hundred inning starter. Uh, it's, it's more demanding, and so that was kind of the question mark, I guess, was can he hold up under that workload? And he's physical, you know, and and I don't see why he can't. Um, and that's kind of the thing is let's just see how it goes week after week as he's getting stretched out more and more. He held his stuff really well, I thought this past week. You know, through six innings, uh, velocity was still good. Everything was crisp. Um, and, and certainly Molina, you mentioned it. He's a Friday night guy for you know a, a top program in the Big Twelve, a national you know top ten, top fifteen type program. Um, and uh, his track record kind of speaks for itself. And he's getting better and better. You know, they, they wanted his command to take a step forward. Um, it sounded like even in the preseason it was a little uneven. Mason himself mm-hmm. said that the other day. Um, but uh, he's made some adjustments mechanically, and it seems like he's repeating better. I thought he commanded it great on Sunday, so that was good to see. It's early in the season for a team like Arkansas. When is the time that you would look at to say this is when this team needs to be playing their best and, and when every, everything just starts to, to go together and gel for a team? Yeah, and once you get into conference play, I mean, you, you kind of would like to be, you know, firing closer to all cylinders. I mean, certainly the first four weeks of the year. Uh, I, I think the first four weeks, the pre-conference season, it really exists to – figure it out, to figure out the right combinations, to play a bunch of different guys. You know, and that's one of the things that we like about the Arkansas roster. I mean, sure, this lineup is, is probably not going to be as explosive as, as most of the lineups they've had in recent years, uh, but I still think there's a lot of nice pieces here. I think it's going to be a very, very good offense. I mean, you know, maybe not elite, but a good offense. Um, and, and what I like a lot is there's, there's depth. I mean, we talk about Oregon State with all those guys on the bench. I think there's a bunch of guys on this Arkansas bench that could contribute. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned it before. Uh, they're going to give other guys a chance to, to win a bunch of jobs. A guy like Jack Wagner, you know, mm-hmm. I like that guy. I like yeah. what I saw from him in the fall. Um, he had a, a very productive player at Charleston. I think he can hit, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, get a real chance. And I don't know where that would be because obviously Ben McLaughlin's been a, a bright spot at first base. I, I don't think you'd move him. But maybe uh, maybe Wagner gets a bat at DH or another corner spot. Um, a guy like Nolan Souza, I mean, you know, at second base, just an athlete guy, a freshman that has some upside. Maybe he gets a longer look. I mean, you saw Will Edmondson get get a look this, this weekend. Um, they have three different catchers, you know. I mean, is it possible to have too much catching? They started a different catcher each game. 
They've got a lot of depth, a lot of options, and that's a good thing because it leads to competition and it allows you to try different combinations if it's not working. And so I think over the next few weeks, that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to find the right, uh, the right answer there, and, and you know we could see a whole bunch of different guys get playing time until they figure it out. Well, to your point, Aaron, Polk, the fourth catcher, is starting today, and Edmondson is go. starting in center field instead of Wilsmeyer for the first time. So uh, already seeing a little bit different wrinkle in the lineup against Grambling. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, bring up a good point. Hudson Polk, another guy that, you know, is an older catcher. I mean, they, they got four catchers that would start most other places. Not everywhere, but most other places. And so figuring that out, I mean, eventually – you, you, you know, it's nice to have multiple guys. You can keep guys fresh, but you kind of want to have one guy really run the show and take charge of that position. So that's something to, to watch going forward. College baseball, how, how close are these teams in talent? Is it, it, is it a top five and then there's drop-off from there, top ten, there's drop-off? Where, where does the cut line for when you say that these teams are the best in the country and then there's significant drop-off? I think right now it's probably that, that top six. I would put Oregon State in that group, along with TCU. Um, and then you've got your three SEC teams, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, uh, and then Wake Forest to the top. And I thought heading into the year, we had a top four, I would say, Wake, Arkansas, LSU, Florida. And we kind of went round and round in our staff deliberations for the preseason top 25 about those four teams. Uh, I went into the meeting, frankly, thinking that Arkansas was number one on my board. Uh, wound up going with Big Forest, which, I mean, they've got five preseason All-Americans. You know, it makes sense that they would be the pick there. Um, and, and they're obviously really good. But right now, those two teams for me are kind of 1A, 1B, although obviously there are still some questions with Arkansas. We talked about it. Addition player group. You know, the defense as well is, is the offense. The defense was, was pretty shaky this weekend, so they're going to need to figure that piece out as well. Uh, but, but nonetheless, their pitching is so elite, and that's the thing. I think, I think elite pitching is such a separator, and that's why I think Wake and Arkansas ultimately are uh, the two, for me, the two favorites to win it all, because they got the best pitching. How is Dave Van Horn looked at nationally? You know, around here, uh, he, he's, he's beloved. He, you know, he's got his detractors because he never won the big one, uh, and so there's going to be a small fraction of people that hold that against him. But what is kind of the thought on Dave Van Horn around the country? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the cream of the crop, you know. I mean, it's uh, uh, the track record speaks for itself. That to be as good as they are every single year for decades now, two decades, he's been there how long now? More than 20 years? Yeah, oh, three. So, yeah, this is like 21 yeah. years, something like that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible to, to almost never miss a regional in that span. And the SEC, you know, is as rugged as this league is. I mean, everybody has ups and downs. They never do, you know. And all the all the Omaha trips, the recruiting that they do, it just never drops off. They've adjusted very well to the portal era. They they do very well with their evaluations in the transfer market, and are still bringing in, you know, the best freshman class in the country this year. Um, they just are a machine, you know. And and they they do get better every year as the season goes along. They're extremely well coached. Um, the guys as good as it gets. And it's you know, our, our my colleague Joe Healy likes to say heading into the year. Doesn't even need to look at the Arkansas roster. He just says, "Hey, is Dave Van Horn still there? Hmm. Okay, they're a top five team." I mean, you know, it's just like it's kind of like that simple. It's just he, he's 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 really in that uh, that elite inner circle of, of the very best coaches, and you know, he'll win it all eventually. But even if he doesn't, you look at Mike Martin. He's the winningest coach in the history of college baseball. Went to Omaha like fifteen times and forty straight, forty win seasons, all that stuff. It's insane. Never won at all. But that didn't mean he wasn't one of the all-time great coaches. They're the very, very great. It's just you got to be you got to be hot and you got to be lucky at the end of the year, um, as well as good. But they're the very best team. Doesn't usually win at all. Aaron, thank you. I, I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, hope to get you on later in the season and talk more about these Diamond Hogs. Guys, pleasure. Good talking with you. It's Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball, joining us. Encouraging. Just got to get the hits coming. The, the pitching's there. I mean, and we, you know, maybe had a little question about the bullpen if they had enough pieces, but it seems like the bullpen is coming together. Maybe need to have that guy, that closer, that, you know, the ninth inning, one run game you can hand the ball to and know that he's going to get the job done. Just got to start hitting the ball. And it's early, two weeks, not panicking at all. It's going to be a good team. 
We'll wrap up uh, our second hour. When we come back, we're going to talk some high school basketball in the third hour. State tournaments are underway. We're getting some finals. So were the Lake Hamilton girls held on. They won against Van Buren. Van Buren closed out the third quarter on a 9-0 run to get within shouting distance. But Lake Hamilton girls win and move on in advance. Kyle Sutherland will join us from SB Live. Talk a little high school hoops in the third hour. We can take a phone call when we come back. 661-1037. Stick around. It's Out of Bounds. The numbers don't lie. Barry Brandt is the GOAT of Arkansas weather. 36 years experience and double the viewers of any other meteorologist. No nonsense, no hype, just accurate weather forecasts you can trust. That's why more Arkansans get their weather from Barry Brandt over any other source. There's just no question. He's the GOAT. Chief Meteorologist Barry Brandt. Weeknights on Channel 7 News at 6 and 10. Hi, I'm Jacob Jones. From now until February 29th, shop at Jones & Son during our 0% finance event. That's right. All purchases from now until the end of February are eligible for 18-month 0% financing. From our very own Jones & Son Couture Collection to Michael M., we have every shape and size of ring in store, featuring Arkansas's largest designer engaged ring selection. Get a low monthly payment when you finance with special 18-month zero-interest financing at Jones & Son. Shop online at jonesandson.com. Listen for Champs and Chumps Fridays during the Zone, brought to you by Rowdy Hog Pickleball, the only dedicated pickleball store in the state. Located in the outlets of Little Rock next to H&M, Rowdy Hog Pickleball, your one-stop shop to pickleball success. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort presents Oaklawn Game Day. An inside look at the week's big games, exciting prop bets, and the latest betting lines from Oaklawn Sportsbook. Justin Akeren and Oaklawn's Director of Sports Wagering, Zach Gillum, give you all the info you need to place your bets at Oaklawn. Catch it on the buzz Wednesday nights at 7, and again Thursday mornings at 5.30 before morning mayhem. Oaklawn Game Day on your fun and game station, 1037 The Buzz. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in White. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment, get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Marmel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumel at their huge new showroom on Maumel Boulevard just off 430. Political strategist and host of the Sunday Buzz, Bill Vickery, gets in the mix with the guys on Morning Mayhem brought to you by Sauce Bar and Oven. Online at saucedlr.com and by the Butcher Shop Steakhouse, home of the best steak and prime rib in all of Little Rock. Check out Hogs Meat Market's monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Welcome 
Welcome back to Out of Bounds. What's more, Joe Franklin with you. Let's check out the Southern Structural Solutions text line. This one from the 501. Joe, this is uh, answering our question about the uh, size of the bats that they use in college baseball. This is the uh, Rawlings bat, the glow stick. It's a BB core bat. Comes anywhere from uh, 31 inches long to 34 inches long. Anywhere from 28 ounces to 31 ounces. $500 bat. Yeah, they're expensive. And they, they don't come cheap at all. Answers the question. 28 ounces to 31 ounces on that particular bat. From the 501, make sure you do the under on the basketball game tonight. Joe's well, nodding his head yes. That's kind of where we've been. That's what we've been talking about. That's what jumped out to me when the line first came out on Bet Saracen late last night. It popped up on my feed and said 10.5 points for Arkansas. 144.5. I thought it was a little high for 10.5 until I started looking at Vanderbilt a little bit more and the struggles that they've had on the road, not winning a road game all year. And then you start looking at their uh, scores in the SEC, and it's by double digits most times. First game of the SEC schedule on the road against LSU is the only time they would have covered that 10.5. So I think that line's about right. 144 and a half. I just I could be wrong. I don't want you to bet the house payment on it, but Vanderbilt's their they're team that's in the 60s. Well, their thinking is that Arkansas could get to the 90s because they just scored 88 against Missouri. It took a guy going off for 42, shooting 6 of 10 from the three-point line. That was a special night. It was. That's why they got almost to 90. Don't see that happening two games in a row. Um, I'm going to say Arkansas wins this game 77 to 63. And that'll put it under. That's 140. I might be a little generous with Arkansas 77. Maybe more like 73-63. But I, I agree with you. I like the uh, under tonight. I like the under more than I like uh, Arkansas minus 10 and a half. And I don't dislike it. I just like the under more. Any word on when we'll be able to hear you clearly in Hot Springs again? Well, we've ordered a new transmitter. If you haven't heard the story, the old transmitter went out. And so now we're on a temporary transmitter that's not as powerful as the transmitter that's coming. And then once the new transmitter's coming, bam, we're back to full strength. Yeah. Just a matter of time to uh, get everything in order, get it in, get it installed. So... Just be, be patient, and if you want to, uh, if you there are some other options out there. You can stream us if you have that option available to you, and then you don't have to worry about the sound. You can see us and hear us yeah. by streaming on social media. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and go to the Buzz app. Download the Buzz app, or you can just go to 103.7, 103.7, or just 1037thebuzz.com. And you can listen live there. So there are ways around it. But yes, if you're driving around in your car and you have, like me, an old-fashioned car and just has a radio in it and not a way to link your phone to the car, then it makes it a little bit more difficult. More court-storming vibes out there. Another Duke hate fest. Was there not equal responsibility on the part of the Duke player, the home fans, and the administration for not providing adequate security for the visiting team. When looking at the tape, there was very little security. If any security at all on the home floor at the end of the game. Where was the security? Well, that's because the ACC doesn't have rules against court storming, and that was an ACC game. John Shire, head coach for Duke, he even mentioned the game against Arkansas and the court getting stormed, and uh, he used that as kind of a reference where he said that they did have time to get off the court. And he said that even though it was roped off and security was in hand and ready to respond, fans still were able to get get onto the court and storm. So they weren't able to hold them back. And not to mention the SEC is going to find you anyway. But that's just what happens. Yeah, at least at Arkansas, like you said, they'll rope it off. You'll see them bring, come across with that rope and all the security guards, and they let try to let the Duke players get to the you know that their locker room is that mid court access right there behind uh, where the uh, color commentator and play by play guy for TV sit, and so they'll rope it off, let them get by, and then take that rope down and get out of the way and let them celebrate. 
Um, yeah, it's. I mean, because it's Duke, and because the player got bumped and uh, was had to help get helped off the court, it's getting a lot of talk nationally. I've heard several uh, national talk shows discussing it and what's going to be done, what has to be done. I don't know if there's an answer. I don't know if that you can stop it. I mean, the SEC. To me, the SEC, the fine is. It's all about showing, hey, we're trying to do something. It's it's more about legality, you know, to where they're not liable. I mean, they could still be liable, but at least the argument in court can be, look, we've imposed these fines. We've got a, a something in place to try to stop this from happening. We're not being negligent. We're we're fining these teams hundreds of thousands of dollars. These schools, if there's a court storming, is the stiffest by far of conference mm-hmm. with the SEC. Other conferences do have penalties, but it's the stiffest by far. The ACC being the one that doesn't. Seth Greenberg, um, ESPN analyst, former coach, he had a solution to it where he says, let the fans storm the court, but give it some time. Where it's like the end of the game, clock hits zero. Then you put a minute on the clock to let them know we're going to get the other team off the court. And then after that minute, once it hits zero, then everybody comes onto the court or the, the players go into the stands to celebrate mm-hmm. with the fans because that's what they're ultimately wanting to do. They want to celebrate with the team that just got a big home win. Let's just give some time and allow that team to make it off the court. And then it, it's one big party after that. I heard one, uh, the harshest penalty I've heard, you forfeit the game. Your fans run on the court, you forfeit the game. And all the work they just did is for naught. That would discourage it for sure. You want to celebrate a win? You don't do it on the court because it's no longer a win. You want a way to stop that from happening? I think that would stop it. That big victory that just happened? Yeah. You run on the court, it's no longer a victory. It's a loss. Seems harsh, but if they're serious about stopping this, then that's what they could do. Yeah, because and money, then, the fines, that doesn't work. We know that. When, when this type of thing has happened, and it's happened a couple of times recently, you never really heard of it happening before where a player got run into, player got injured, seems like maybe the players could be causing some of that contact to kind of send a message and make a statement that these kinds of things could happen just like with Caitlin Clark for example Mm -hmm. looked like she extended her arms and pushed the woman that she ran into the woman bounces back and then she acts like she just got shot and laid there (laughs) down for the count Coming up next, we're going to talk some high school hoops. State tournament underway. we got some finals already. Kyle Sutherland will join us. We'll get his thoughts on some teams to watch and all the classifications. Stick around. It's Out of Bounds. Rock and Roll Sushi and Origami Sake are coming together to invite you to attend the fourth annual American Craft Sake Festival this weekend in Hot Springs. Sample sake from more than 12 breweries and over 30 styles. Also, sumo wrestlers all the way from Japan. They'll be wrestling this weekend in Hot Springs, and they'll be in the zone coming up on Friday while we broadcast live from Oakland in Hot Springs. It's presented by Rock and Roll Sushi with five locations in Central Arkansas and Origami Sake, locally owned in Hot Springs and the largest domestically owned sake brewery